0: You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. San Diego Music Hall of Famer Lisa Sanders is gearing up for a performance at UC San Diego Park and Market this Tuesday, showcasing her thoughtful blend of folk, pop, gospel, rock, and jazz with heartfelt lyrics that speak to her experiences as a Black single mother. She's on the line to tell us more. Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, great. Thank you for having me.
0: Lisa, you're a San Diego local, even a San Diego Music Hall of Fame inductee. What about the San Diego music scene excites you the most?
1: It's the new folks. (laughs) There's a lot of really great young people and older people even that decided to come out and give it a whirl. So it's been pretty exciting seeing some friends come out, Ashley Norton and Lauren Lee. That's just two of them that are pretty cool.
0: Well, you were born in Philadelphia, lived in Canada for a bit, and eventually found your way here to San Diego. Why did you choose to settle down here? Like, what about San Diego makes it feel like home?
1: Well, it was a Navy town, so my dad brought us here. He was a CB. And he decided that we were going to settle here. So I've been here since I was in the seventh grade, and it's always felt like home. We've always lived close to the ocean, and and it's beautiful. So it feels pretty homey, being close to the elements that, that I love the most. And the people, friends, I've had great friends along the way, and still friends with a lot of my uh, high school friends and junior high school friends even it's home. Well,
0: you just mentioned a couple new artists who you really enjoy. Tell us about some of the new music that you're working on and the music that's inspiring that music.
1: Oh, I'm writing new music. I just finished a new record. Well, we've had it in the can for a while with some great Nashville-based international artists, actually. uh, My friend who's on the record, Allison Russell, her husband, J.T. Nero, co-wrote and produced my new record and i'm really excited about it it's more rootsy more maybe r&b based kind of and i've never really done a record like that and allison sings back up on three of my songs and she just won international song and record of the year artists of the year and also she's up for eight grammys and um her husband also co wrote her record. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Why are you taking such an eclectic approach to your music? Is this a conscious choice to leverage so many styles or is this just something that comes naturally?
1: Well, it just comes out of me. I think I was blessed to be raised in a time where if you turn on the radio you'll hear Michael Jackson and then you'll hear James Taylor or you know, or you'll hear Steely Dan or an old standard. So We came up in time when radio was so diverse, and I was just so lucky to soak it all up. And it just comes out of me. I don't know how. I don't question it. I just think music comes through me, not necessarily something I really spend time thinking about, although none of my records are the same. I have a punk rock record (laughs) because it seemed like fun. I did with the Truckee Brothers, and I did um, a couple of really... I call them pop albums with Josquin Dupre on a record label that was Cargo Records and then MCA. They just evolve. Usually, the choice is the producer. You know, what does he bring to the table? And that's usually where we start the songs and the producer. And then it kind of morphs into these different styles that I have. So, pretty excited about making new music always. I never know what's going to come out. I'm speaking with San
0: Diego Music Hall of Famer Lisa Sanders, who has a performance at UC San Diego Park and Market this Tuesday. In your 30s, you're a single mom, which is an incredibly challenging thing. How did that influence the music you've made? Well, most of
1: it I wrote half asleep because the kids are being dead. <laughs> <laughs> One o'clock in the morning, I'm up writing, you know, trying to get my work done that's not mom work you know taking the kids to soccer practice and and hockey and karate and school and all that homework so in the middle of the night so I spent most of it probably being a zombie uh (laughs) and I wrote a couple of sweet songs for my kids you know because when they're growing up it's sometimes it's challenging and sometimes the challenges were like seemed insurmountable you know raising a preteen and a Oh, my gosh. So it came out in the music, Pride and Joy, when Andrew started to date. And Corinne, when she decided to spend a whole school year, she's the baby with her dad out in Texas. And it was devastating. <laughs> so I had to write about it, unfortunately for them, because they go, oh, God, my mom just wrote, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> we got through it and they're they're grown. They're doing really well.
0: You established a record label in 2004. How did this impact your career and did that change how you approach making music? It just meant that
1: I wasn't on anybody's schedule. Usually a record label will say, okay, you sign up for X amount of records, one to three to five, whatever. And they'll say, okay, it's time to make another record. And then you have to just commence into writer mode and get it done which is great in its own way to have a time schedule to keep on but on the other hand on my own label I can put out records when it feels right and when and when my fans when it feels right with my fans that's the biggest thing for my records now I don't put out records unless you know it feels like it's the right time and my fans are going, when are we going to get a new record? Because then I feel like I'm giving them something that they truly want, not necessarily just about me. And that's really a gift, I think, to be able to do that.
0: How does this business side of music differ from the creative songwriting side? Are are there overlaps between the two? And does one side ever affect the other or vice versa?
1: Yeah, really big. Actually, the business side is it takes a whole different side of your brain because it's about how much revenue can you bring in to keep things afloat you have to answer calls you have to take care of you know figuring out how much things are going to cost and it's a whole different side of the brain and understanding how the business world works i'm still learning i i still take courses and and try to be better at business because it's so so important these days when we have to run both sides even you know most independent artists have to do like we have to do everything and it does affect my creative side because that means I have less time devoted to writing and creating music I'm so busy making content you know for my social media that I don't really have as much time to write as I would like. So it's a trade-off. It would be nice to have, and I'm sure this year I'll get someone to help me do a little more than so I can write more and be more creatively expressive.
0: I'm speaking with San Diego Music Hall of Famer, Lisa Sanders. You're performing at UC San Diego's Park and Market this Tuesday, February 13th, right in the middle of Black History Month and on the eve of Valentine's Day. Do you have anything special in store for your performance in light of both of these holidays?
1: Well, I don't want to spoil the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) We just have some, I'll just say some beautiful visual things, which I normally don't get to do. So that's really exciting. Usually I do have uh, quite a bit love songs in my set, so I think they could be looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm just going to bring a little bit more of me to the show than maybe they're, <laughs> they're used to. <laughs> I'll
0: leave it at that. <laughs> I can't really tell too much. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, what are some of your favorite love songs?
1: Oh my gosh, anything James Taylor does. I love his love songs. I know this is probably going to sound corny, but I love Celine Dion, so she can sing love songs to me all day. Anything Barbara Streisand sings, anything Aretha Franklin sings. I know she doesn't have much love songs, mostly empowering songs, but anything Aretha sings.
0: From a songwriter's perspective, what do you think makes a great love song?
1: I think coming from a totally human perspective and Being able to convey in a song something that everyone can relate to feeling. And if they can't relate to it yet, they can put themselves in the shoes of whoever's singing the song. And I think it's important to be able to draw them in to make them feel Like, it's possible. I think that's a good ingredient for a love song.
0: Black Americans' impact on music is staggering. So much of American music is rooted in Black experiences, from blues and hip-hop to rock and folk. How does being a Black woman influence the music you create?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's in my pores. I didn't really understand what it was. I grew up here in San Diego, so not too many people look like me where I live. And I never really thought about my color. I just thought I love music and I didn't really care. And when I was out on the road, I would run into these experiences that inform me of who and where my music roots came from. And it's been very, very enlightening. And I think it comes through me in a soulful way. People say, I don't even realize it, but pretty much everyone who's ever heard me will say that it's very soulful, the music I make. Be it country, bluesy, jazzy, just good old American Folk music, whatever it is, I think my expression is from deep in my soul. I think that's how black music has guided me because the greats all sing from their total inner being and you can feel it. And it's it's very inspiring to me. So it's, it's kind of like a gift I think they pass down to me.
0: Speaking of your work in country music, you're a member of the Black Opry. Can you tell us what that is?
1: Oh yeah, the Black Opry was started by uh, Holly G and Tanner, and they live. They're based in Nashville, and they love country music, but they never saw anyone. You know, well, we have Darius Rucker right now, and we had Charlie Pride, and that's it. But we love country music, so. They decided to find people who are black who sing country music and to put that out into the world because we felt like it was it was missing. Something was missing. And so they put together the Black Opry and it is astounding. I think we have like over 200 members now. Uh, worldwide, and what happens is the Black Opera will come to a theater or a town, or now, wow, big. uh, We play the Newport Folk Festival, and um, I just played with them on the Kiamo cruise, and we did Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, and it's a a national, international touring troupe, and the people will change depending on what region they go to. Usually they choose the um, Black Opera artists that will be on that particular touring thing and there's usually a couple of them who've been on the tours who can kind of navigate things for everybody else and we sing country music or a derivative of country music and we tour and present our music as black singer-songwriters and it's an amazing experience really. And we're all, each and every one of us, different. And it's really eye-opening, I think, for people to see how diverse our music is and that we do like country music. And we do, in fact, can sing it, too.
0: (laughs) You've collaborated with legendary Black musicians like Al Green and B.B. King. What other Black musicians inspire you, either as a songwriter, a producer, or as a person?
1: I'm a biggest fan of Allison Russell. And I love Yola if you guys haven't checked out YOLA. Valerie June, um, is another one that just totally inspires me. They are not only astonishing singers, songwriters and performers, but they are wonderful examples of the kind of people that are going out and doing good in the world. They genuinely share their love for humanity and they stand up for everyone when something isn't right. And they really inspire me. They really do. That's just a few of them.
0: What advice would you give to an aspiring musician that you wish you had received when you were younger?
1: Don't doubt yourself. It's really important to know who you are and to stand in your truth. And I, I had a big time manager, Ron de Blasio. He was so cool. He managed Barry White. And he told me if you don't want to do something in this business and somebody's trying to make you do something that you know isn't right for you simply do nothing simply just don't do it and keep moving keep moving no matter what and if you get hit cuz you do you don't get things that you want i mean it this business can be brutal and to be able to get back up and keep moving and to know that what you put out in the world means something. It does help. It does help people get through the day. It's really important. And I wish I had more mentors uh, coming up, but I learned hard knocks. (laughs) Hard knocks. I mean, hard knocks.
0: Throughout your career, you've performed around Mm -hmm. the country, and obviously San Diego has your heart, but are there any other cities that you're particularly fond of?
1: I love Nashville. It's a cool place. New York City's pretty cool. Let me think. Texas. Believe it or not, I like Texas. It's crazy, (laughs) But, (laughs) but I like it. I go to Nashville a few times a year. I love it. A lot of my friends live there. A lot of my friends move there from here.
0: I've been speaking with San Diego Music Hall of Famer Lisa Sanders, who is doing a performance at UC San Diego Park and Market this Tuesday, February 13th. How do we get tickets for that show?
1: Oh, you can go to Park and Market, UC San Diego Park and Market online, and they will have tickets for our event. Or you can go to LisaSanders.com, and that's the (laughs) short way to get there. You can go to lisa sanders dot com and bam it'll be right there
0: on the front page
1: and you can get tickets.
0: What is the best way to support musicians these days?
1: Oh, buy their music. I mean, buy it any way you can because what happens is now that most things are online, you can get you know a million streams. I've got three hundred thousand streams for one song, which is the most I've ever gotten. It was called Crimea River. And I got a check for $100 and, I don't know, 69 cents or something. I mean, that's dinner with your friend or something. And it really, and go see shows. Go out, support them, buy their merch, buy their music, buy their merch. Go see them because that's the way we're making it these days. Otherwise, it's business and you you can't keep going without that support. So I would, any chance you get, if you like their music, please buy it. And your shirt, t-shirts, if you like them, buy them. Yeah, go see them live. Go buy a ticket. <laughs> Come see me <laughs> at Park and Market.
0: <laughs> and is there anything else you want us to know about the show you have coming up this Tuesday? Yes.
1: I will be accompanied by Tommy Drinkard and Kenny Feingold from the band, the Water Tower Band. And they're a bluegrass band. So, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So we're going to be mixing it up with Tommy and Kenny, and we're absolutely going to have Brown Sugar singing back up. We can't forget her. We're going to have a beautiful um, show planned for you. And Kamal Kenyatta, who is an amazing three-time Grammy-winning producer, educator, a mentor for me, and I'm doing a, a project with him that I'm real proud of. And he's mostly jazz. He produces Gregory Porter, if you know Gregory Porter. He's just an amazing man. And so he's going to be uh, presenting us at the show. Oh, and Pearl Priest, um, an incredible artist, is going to be lending her art to the show. And you don't want to miss it.
0: Well, we are looking forward to seeing you this Tuesday at UC San Diego Park and Market. Have a great show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Vicki. It's been wonderful being with you. Thank you for chatting well, with us.
1: Thank you. Come see the show.